there are men who lived through the 70s without ever seeing the Bee Gees version of Sgt. Pepper. There are men who lived through the 80s without ever seeing The Sting 2, starring Mac Davis. That's a real thing. And then there's Adam Bernstein and Doug Bost. Two men who should have better things to do, but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. This episode is a dream come true for you because this, we've been talking about this since 1978. I know. That we wanted to talk about Man-Thing and Swamp-Thing. It's great. I am. I'm looking forward to doing this episode. I've been looking forward for a long time. We're looking at these great graphic novels of Steve Gerber's Man-Thing. We have the original Swamp-Thing with Len Wein. Is that you say Wein? I think it's Wein. You know, and Bernie Wrightson. Who is incredible and we've been talking about that and we also have the alan moore um, saga of the swamp thing. saga book one which is apparently pretty famous i think that the chronology of these guys is kind of interesting like what happened first yeah because i started looking that up online yeah and here's what it seems like happened to me yeah in 1970 1970 had an idea to make a comic about a guy who is a scientist who somehow gets a chemical mixed up with his own blood and he falls into the swamp and he becomes half swamp creature, half <laughs> yeah. man. And he was like, okay, that's my idea, go. Yeah. And he gave it to some writers and right. artists and they came up with the man thing. Right. And one of the writers who was brought in to work on it was Len Wein. Right. And Len Wein, in fact, wrote what? He did like the second Adventures into Fear. The second and the third with Kazar. I always say Kazar, but it was like you said Kazar. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where he made his first appearances in Adventures into Fear. I guess he wrote like the second or third issue. And then he went to DC. Well, he was, the odd thing was, he says that he was in, on the subway one day and looking for an idea to bring into DC and he got this idea for a thing that lives in a swamp that's half man and half swamp. Yeah. And he kind of 
had the whole idea by the time he arrived at work, <laughs> and then he pitched it. And I was like, well, I'm sure you had the whole idea because it's man thing. Yeah, I mean, right? you'd you already have, have done an issue yeah. of it. Uh, it's crazy. And so he went, and he is credited with creating Swamp Thing. Right. And in fact, he was already writing Man Thing, and at the time, he was roommates with. Jerry Conway. He was? Yes, he was roommates with Jerry Conway, and he... Who wrote the first in Savage Tales 1, which is also, I think, he Conan's wrote, first appearance. He wrote the first Man-Thing, Jerry Conway. Yeah, So he's crazy. roommates. So Jerry Conway goes to Len Wein, and he's like, hey, I see your or origin for Swamp Thing. Kind of similar to Man-Thing. Why don't you just change the origin? Yeah. Even if you have a monster man that's half swamp why don't you just change the origin and Len Wein was like I don't see any similarities really very different <laughs> in fact yeah he wrote it says that he wrote Astonishing Tales 12 which is the first color issue after Savage Tales 1 I mean Roy Thomas had a lot to do with it but like so they're all hanging out together and Len Wein comes up with this other thing takes it over to DC and creates Swamp Thing and Swamp Thing and Man Thing are out at the same time as yeah. sort of competing, but absolutely identical. That bummed me out. Swamp books. It, it bummed, bummed me out when <laughs> I read Swamp weird. Thing. Yeah, like I was just like, no. Who cares? I, I wanted to be able to compare them in an interesting way. Well, why would you need two? It doesn't just, uh, there's absolutely no need for it. And the other thing that I thought was interesting in reading these, I, I read online, somebody was saying, why didn't Marvel just sue DC for copying their idea? Did you? Because they would. They did someone that. Someone had mentioned that. Yeah, because they they did that. They would, you know, bring the lawyers in if they yeah, thought that sure. they were treading on each other's stuff too much. But some people think that they didn't do that because the idea for Man Thing and Swamp Thing is very close to another uh, yeah. swamp monster called the Heap. Right, from right. The 40s, I read about the heap. I have a hard time believing that that kept them from hiring their lawyers, but for whatever reason, there was no. They let both uh, Swamp Thing and Man Thing exist. You know. And I bet you they were just so non-priority books. Like I've said in many episodes before, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, all right, we just we got to publish books. We need stuff on the stands. Yeah. You know, we have Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. We have Fantastic Four and Spider Man and Captain America. But that's not enough to fill the shelves. We're bigger companies now. It's the 70s. We're expanding. We got to, like, have more stuff out there. Let's put out some muck monsters. Exactly. But I must say, the Man-Thing Complete Collection by Steve Gerber is great. It's so much better than the Swamp Thing So collection. much better. It eats the lunch of Swamp. And the whole thing, I didn't expect to enjoy reading these books nearly as much as I did right. in researching this episode. I totally enjoyed it. But especially, you're right, Man-Thing, Steve Gerber is the writer. He wrote, he invented Howard the Duck. He did so many good things, but he is so inventive and the, the writing is really crazy and creative a lot of social commentary of what yeah. people were like at that time and obviously he's a young guy who's like politically astute and you know kind of you know typical young person in the early 70s like anti-vietnam and all that kind of thing and he's like putting it all in there with man thing what's interesting is that he not only can he not talk he doesn't even think I mean, it's like, in a way, it's a brilliant concept. He's just like this being that 
you know, Gerber is using as a way to observe life. And he's just like this mirror that's out there. Because he can't talk, but he, he feels emotion. Or he yeah. senses emotion. You know, and all this weird sorcery and... But it's not taken that seriously, which is pretty cool. He's less human than Swamp Thing is, which is nice. He's more of a monster. Yes. And he's more, like you're saying, he's this unthinking hulk of walking swamp. Right. And he doesn't seem to be able to be hurt. He must In the stink. way Swamp Thing seems to, like, if you stick him with a pitchfork, he's, he thinks, like, right. oh, wow, you're hurting me, man. <laughs> they do a lot of things in Man-Thing to bring odd people and situations to the swamp right like, it's just not credible that all these superheroes would suddenly wind up in the swamps of louisiana <laughs> and all these criminals and you know yeah. aliens and everything but it happens anyway who cares yeah uh but here in this issue adventure into fear with man thing number 18 yeah there's a terrible bus crash mm. and a lot of people are killed but the survivors are a select group of people kind of like in a Twilight Zone episode when it's like you know five characters in search of an exit or something where it's the survivors are a soldier a nihilist a young woman a little kid and uh, oh like a corrupt businessman right so it's like showing all of these different types of Americans Mm -hmm. and they're all thrust into this situation where they have to survive in the swamp and they're getting at each other's throats and the soldier has a you know a big uh argument with the nihilist about yes it's really good it's almost it makes sense today like you know we're seeing all this stuff with the uh 49ers quarterback colin how do you say his last name yeah i know he's patrick capatrick the guy who's protesting sit down protest right and like you know people are so much commentary about it and there's some of that kind of happening in that issue of man thing like you know, you don't like America, you know, go live in the Soviet Union. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it belittles the whole concept of America. But anyway, I love these man things, and, and Val Mayrick is great. Yeah. John Buscema did some early issues. He's fantastic. Was Mike Plug doing some at the end? As but then Steve Gerbert seems to be feeling his oats, and he feels like he can do whatever he wants, and he makes... Howard the Duck, and he, he's just inventing new stuff and throwing it into the Man-Thing book. Yeah, and Howard the Duck was such a great thing that came out, and in a way, he's a much more interesting character. I mean, he's like the social commentary, you know, sarcastic, you know, observe Earth kind of character. I mean, I love Howard the Duck. So then I read, we read Roots of the Swamp Thing. Yes. Which is Len Wein's book. Now, I'm sure Len Wein has his own story. I'm sure he has a different take on, like, whether he ripped off he Man Thing. He seems like he's always at the right place at the right time kind of guy. I never felt like he's the greatest, but he's, like, in there with great Spider-Mans. I mean, he did a lot of He did a really lot of great well stuff. stuff. And people love him. Chris Claremont says great things about him. Right, he I invented the new X-Men. Yeah. But Is he around? He'll never talk with us now because we've been so critical of him already in this episode. Oh, well, but you never know. It, yeah, he is still around. He's actually, uh, he had some health problems recently, but I, apparently he's better. Oh, okay, I was that's looking good. at him on well, Twitter. Well, we and, could look him up. Yeah. Uh, it's in, kind of interesting, I think, in Swamp Thing, when he creates, when Lynn Ween creates Swamp Thing, he 
isn't satisfied with the origin that he comes up with first. He at first it's kind of a period piece. It's like a Victorian right. uh, gothic horror thing, and the main with character Alex is Alex Olson. Yeah, and then he recreates it with Alec right. Holland, who's the everyone knows as Swamp Thing. Right. Well, not everyone because nobody knows Swamp Thing. <laughs> everyone but, who knows Swamp Thing yes, and is into no one. Every like every like weird comic book fan who like likes to sit in a dark room and read Alan Moore comics. They all know Alec Holland. Yeah, they yes. know him well. Bernie Wrightson is killing on these. His art is really really good. He's doing the pencils and the inks. The covers are fantastic. And they're unique. They're, uh, there weren't other f- covers like that. You could always, you always knew that you were looking at a Swamp Thing. They're really a, they're they're like horror covers. Oh, my bike is getting wet out there right now. Oh, is that the rain? Yeah. Right. Wow. I it's hear raining, the rain. people. I hear the rain. But those, they're almost like EC covers. Yes. They're great. I love them. I I just feel like that's the key to some of these books got traction because the art is happening. Yeah. You know, if you took Swamp Thing, and I hate to get on Sal Buscema's case because I'm sure he's a great guy and he did so much, so much. But his art is not particularly special to me. Uh So, like, if he's doing that stuff, it brings the energy of the book down. I'm just not as interested in it. Like Plug, Val Mayrick, all these guys who I didn't know, they weren't doing the mainstream characters. You know, Mike Plug did the origin of Ghost Rider. But how much does Sal Buscema do in Swamp Thing? Because it's not just He doesn't. I'm saying if he did. Oh, yeah. I'm saying, you know, hypothetically, if he did, it would be bringing the energy down. Oh, yeah. No, that's why it's so great that Bernie Wrightson. Yeah. Bernie Wrightson makes Swamp Thing work. Yeah. And it's not a great comic but he, he really makes it fun to to read yeah i uh, so really then, got into that what interested me was i read man thing and i liked it i enjoyed it i read the swamp thing and i was bored yeah and then i got alan moore's swamp thing yes. so in 1982 they made a movie out of swamp thing with adrian i've never seen it have you seen it I've, i have seen of it. course I've, you've, you've seen, seen every seen movie it. Adrienne Barbeau and the Swamp Thing, an outrageous pair in the incredible adventure that grows on you or all over you. Uh, Adrienne and her Barbeaus and uh, Louis Jordan is in it and I can't remember who plays is it, the... Is it good? No, 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 no. It's terrible. It's, oh. it's awful. It, and I think they made a sequel to it, which is even you know if you can dig Swamp a hole Thing deeper, too? it's even worse. And then they then then it was a TV show in the early nineties, like ninety. God, I must have just checked out one to ninety. It was on USA Network. Really, I gotta yeah. look this up on Netflix. I oh. never even I knew of the movies, but you, I you never will, heard but of. You them. will blind yourself like Oedipus. <laughs> it will be so with an ice pick. You will be so unhappy. Oh, well, I don't know if it. I want to watch it. It's then, terrible. I kind of need my eyes. But when they came out with the movie, Len Wein said, "Hey, we should actually publish the comic again. They should yeah. be a comic to go along with the movie." Yes, and that makes good. They sense. had some writers working on it, and then they gave it over to Alan Moore, who was not a well-known. Uh, comic writer in the United States yet. He'd done a bunch of stuff in Britain. Right. And 
you know, of course, Alan Moore is a writer who has gone on since then to be he's a, a legend. He's like, you know, he is, he's a novelist among comic book writers. Right. He wrote Watchmen. He wrote From Hell. He wrote V for Vendetta. Did he do League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, he did um, the Batman Killing Joke. He did... Right. I mean, he's, he he's does, a giant. He's a giant. He, and and this was his really his first American thing that he did was Swamp Thing. So I picked it up and I, I read the first six or seven uh-huh. Alan Moore Swamp Thing issues. It's immediately better. Immediately so much better than the other Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is what Alan Moore does is in his first issue, he kills all the characters mm-hmm. that exist and replaces them. Right. He gets rid of the old story. He, like, takes care of it so that he wraps it up. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not dealing with those characters. I'm not doing it. I'm just starting fresh. Right. And he starts, he brings in the army into the swamp. They capture and destroy Swamp Thing. They freeze him. Mm-hmm. And then there's an issue. I think the second issue that Alan Moore does, they actually do an autopsy on Swamp Thing right where they cut him apart and you know in the earlier Swamp Thing uh, issues I mean they do a lot of things where he pull up, pulls off his arm and then it regenerates and everything right. but Alan Moore just goes like ballistic with that right. where they open up his chest and he's got seed pods and they take him out and like every his eyes always coming out and everything yeah. it's like it's just his body comes apart and then Alan Moore changes the origin of Swamp Thing, for the better. He immediately comes in and makes it the whole thing better. And what he does is he makes it so that Swamp Thing is no longer a man who's part swamp. He's actually a plant, right? Who has some who wants to be human, right? And who has some human uh, capabilities, but he's really a plant. And <laughs> it's he, so far out. It's so far out, but it's great. And then he has this relationship with this woman, um, Abby. I think her name is mm-hmm. Abby Normal. I don't know. Abby Normal. And he has this relationship with her, and she's got boyfriends, but none of them is quite as, you know, can quite fill the void of this plant in her life. Right. This plant is kind of the real man in her life. <laughs> right. So out there. I mean, Alan Moore is like one of those guys, like Bendis or whatever, that just was able to take the industry into a much more super creative place and just push it along at a much more rapid rate to get it out of the kind of ruts that it can get into. Yeah. You know. I don't always like all the stuff that he does, but I liked Watchmen. I didn't really like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I liked Gentlemen. Watchmen a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff. He does stuff that's sort of too clever. He, he likes to sort of tell you how smart he is in some of his books but he's but it's good he seems like a really bizarre guy with yeah. his long long beard he's an occultist he's, a, he's oh, an actual yeah. occultist apparently right. he seems like he's into and he's also he took I uh, was reading on online he not only took a lot of LSD he used to deal LSD and you can see it in the Swamp Thing stories like right. the Swamp Thing stories are so hallucinogenic really he was an LSD dealer he said he was the worst LSD dealer ever what meaning like he wasn't good at it? No, he got caught, I think, immediately. Oh, Jesus. Man, you really gotta be taken 
a, a chance if you're dealing LSD. <laughs> in high school, we had this friend, I, maybe I shouldn't say his name, you know, and like, you know, back then you would like take it and like, you, who knew what was going to happen? It was, you know, you were really taking your life in your hands in certain ways. Right. And like me and my friend had this, he got some LSD from him and he's like, well, like, well, how is it? You know, he goes, oh man, it's clean and clear. <laughs> and my friend and I, my friend Robert, who's still one of my better friends for all these years every time we talk we almost say oh man i'm feeling so clean and clear <laughs> you know it's like we still say it he, the guy only said it to us once it's been part of our dialogue for 35 <laughs> years yeah. you know but um i mean you really to deal lsd man that's pretty crazy man all those writers had to be taking lsd from marvel and dc in the 60s you know to start to have all those things start changing as much as they did and then you have the old guard is so afraid of drugs that they're doing all these anti-drug issues mm -hmm. which are great like i think the spider-man ones are so famous yeah so what did you end up preferring man thing or swamp thing oh, i think it's easy right yeah i i i felt man thing was so much cooler i like the fact that he's not he doesn't you know he doesn't have intellect he's just base he's just an emotional being of some sort. I just thought that was kind of really out of left field. And it made it a good excuse for why you have all the other characters because you sort of... You need them. You need them because Man-Thing can't express himself at all. Right. I thought it was kind of brilliant in a way. And if you have somebody like who can really write like Gerber can, yeah. he can bring in everything he wants to say in all these side characters and Man-Thing is just this being that's kind of watching it all happen you know yeah like some loner maybe that's how he was you know just like oh there's plenty of people we probably both know more observing people oh yeah rather than on the part, edge yeah. and just watching what's going on and you yeah. know you dream of sort of stepping in when when you're really needed who do you think smells worse <laughs> between man thing and swamp thing because you look at them both and they look like they both have equal amounts of swamp ass they i think i don't even want to answer that question or think about it I, it's 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 but go ahead i think i well i have an opinion so let me just say i think it's swamp thing you i think, think swamp that, thing smells yes because i think it's more <laughs> rotted vegetables that making that make up swamp thing i think that man thing although he is less human somehow is just a swamp he's he, maybe he's more fresh He's a little fresher. Yeah, I think he's like, it's, it's vegetables and, and water. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to being at Comic-Con in New York mm -hmm. in uh, October. Yes. What is it, October 9th? Um, October 9th. We'll be there Sunday, October 9th. That was the Sunday, only... October 9th. Yeah. That's the day. I'm really looking forward to that too, but... Anyway, thanks for listening, grown-ass fans. Yes. Please uh, join in, email us, contact us, visit us on Facebook, on Twitter. We're easy to find. You can listen to us on iTunes. Please let us know who you think smells worse, too. Yeah, definitely. It would just be and how to, useful how to How to us. remedy that situation. Yes. You know, maybe you're into Irish Spring. I don't know. You know, but... 
<laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, folks. Goodbye. And we'll speak soon. Grown ass man.